Same thing, right? No. Nope. Uh, no. Uh, 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 sorry. It's the uh, the star that you know the Magi. Right. Magi. What is the Magi? I found something on the web about emojis. Check it uh, out. The Magi, the, uh, the the wise men who came to see the Messiah. Christ, the uh, Son of God. to become Santa. No, no, no. He's gonna grow up and he's gonna pay for the sins of the world. Guess that'd be a pretty hefty price tag, huh? Hmm. Yeah. That's why it's called Christmas. Christmas. Well, I wish you would've told me all this before I spent my Christmas bonus and all that junk over there. Thanks a lot. Merry Christmas. No, hey, I... <laughs> you look like my Santa! Good morning, church family. <clears throat> oh, come on, good morning. I know what you're thinking is, who is this skinny, attractive man on stage? Uh, my name is Zach Wilkie. I am the pastor's son, um, but I am also the prodigal son of Carpenter's Way. Uh, I live in Chicago, Illinois. I go to school at Moody Bible Institute studying pastoral studies. Um, and this summer, I'll be doing my pastoral internship here at Carpenter's Way. And I have the privilege of giving some announcements this morning. The announcements. That's a hard word. Um, first, are y'all staying warm? You good? I walked in in shorts and a t-shirt because I'm from Chicago, so this is like swimming weather, so I'm going to be hanging out by a pool later if y'all want to come. Man, tough crowd. That's okay. So guys, last week, my dad, he, he, he excuse me, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark delivered a sermon and he used a picture of me. And in this picture, I was holding SpongeBob undergarments. And so I reached out to some extended family and I, and I found a few pictures of my own. So uh, Kip, can you throw that first picture up please? Oh, uh, look at little Mark. Man, as a boy he was a farmer, now he's a fisher of men, but yeah, man. Can you, can you get the next one please? Man, <laughs> Woo! that's a looker. Wow, it's not me, I know we look identical, but Man, what, what are you thinking right now? I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go, right? I lasted a day. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that simmer. I can't tell if that's a Santa hat or a Dunn's hat, but 
It looks good. Either way, it's, it looks good. It looks good. So <laughs> leave, that, leave that up there. So guys, this, th tonight uh, at 6 p.m., we're uh, showing a Christmas movie, one of my favorites, A Christmas Story, at the Pines Theater. It's going to be super fun. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, I triple dog dare you to come. Okay, great. Two of you have seen it, so you need to come. You need to come, please. I will be hosting it. Um, I'll be, you know, we're going to play some games. There's a costume contest. I encourage you to dress up like your favorite character from the movie. There's multiple costumes. If you don't come, you can't watch the movie. Or if you don't come dressed up, that's cool. I'm just kidding. But we would love to have you come out, hang out with me. Just come watch the movie. Let's have a good time. Uh, and, and I want to see each and every one of you guys there um, to, to play some games with us and, and have a good time. And, you know, bring a blanket and stay warm. Uh, I'm going to hand my, the mic back over to my dad. But before we do, can we throw up that last picture? Perfect. Here you go. <laughs> Wilkie men are like fine wine. We get better with age. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> when I said do an announcement, you can do whatever you want. I did not expect that. It's going to be a long summer, son. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, can it go off, please, Kip? Can we move? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And um, I want to thank all those who said, could you please remove it? I am such a 70s kid. That was a suede jacket. It was actually corduroy, and it had one of those. No, that's <laughs> Look, ice here, ice here, ice here. Don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> ice here, don't look at that. <laughs> I was, look at that picture though. Actually put that up there for a second, that one. You know what, when I looked at that, I, I had not seen that in years, uh, like 25 years and my brother had some pictures uh, scanned and I saw that and I was living here. And you know what I thought? Are the spellings here? Are the spellings here this morning? They might not be here. That looks like Zach Spellings. I was always tan because San Diego's got lots of sun like Texas. And I thought, man, but I didn't want to tell him. I, I always thought he was a very good looking young man. So in any case, uh, welcome, uh, Merry Christmas. We're gonna, we're gonna get this, uh, this wonderful morning on. Uh, I am gonna ask the ushers to come forward at this time uh, to prepare for our offering. Let me, let me highlight a few things that you need to be aware of. Number one, uh, tonight, six o'clock, just like Zach said, uh, we're gonna watch that movie. Hey, I cannot control the NFL. I know Dallas is playing at 7.30, but gosh, by the time the movie's over, you'll see the most important part anyway. They don't really start playing till the second half. I'm a huge fan of Dallas, have always been this year. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so come on out. And, and I do, I do wanna let you know, there's like, uh, I think there's just under 400 seats in there, so come early, let's pack this place. It's gonna be an awful lot of fun. Uh, just a little small print. It is a PG movie, and, it, and, and we're not editing it. That's, we can't do that because of, or we could get sued, but that's a different discussion. So it's fun. It's family. Uh, popcorn will be available. And most of all, it's free. Uh, the only thing you have to pay for is popcorn and Coke or whatever if you want it. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we're going to be giving out awards that have food in it if, in fact, you win the costume contest. It's worth trying. So uh, plan on coming out for that. I want to let you know that our holiday schedule, this is our only service this week, uh, but Sunday, uh, next week, as you know, Sunday is, is Christmas Day. And so we're doing something different. Every seven years when Christmas falls on a Sunday, 
Uh, we combine our Christmas Eve service and our Sunday morning service by having it at 11.15 to midnight. So we're going to have a service that leads into Christmas Sunday. So that's this, that's this coming Saturday night, 11.15 to midnight. And I know some of you are going, oh, no. Well, listen, we're going to have cookies from 10.30 to 11 and hot chocolate and hot cider. And I know some of you are still going, that's too late for my kids. They're going to be up anyway. Just come out. We encourage you to bring your kids in PJs. We're going to fill this room full of candles. We're going to sing Christmas carols. And here's why I love this every seven years. Um, some of you are thinking that's because you don't have little kids. The other reason I love it is because this is an opportunity actually once every seven years to actually make a big impact on, that, on what the day is. You know, we, you may read, like we do in our family, we read the Christmas story on Christmas uh, morning. But it's just a small part of what we do. Man, this is, this is awesome to be able to eat dinner with your family, come out, uh, have cookies, cider, hot chocolate, and then enjoy the service. And on your way home, talk about Christmas and what it really is and the baby. Put them to bed. They're going to get up two hours later and open the presents and have an awesome Christmas day. So that's our plan. Uh, we will have the following Sunday is New Year's. We are going to have service at the normal time, but no Bible study. So TiVo, the Rose Parade, and watch it when you get home. But plan on joining with us. That's going to be a special morning because we're going to have communion that morning. It'll be a shorter service, but we're going to have communion that morning as well. Now, we're going to take our offering. So a couple things I want to say. I know we have lots of visitors, and we are very, very glad you're here. But we ask you not to give. This is for those who attend here regularly. Um, the Salvation Army this time of the year raises all their funds for a year. They have phenomenal ministries. So if this is the time of the year that you normally give and you don't have a home church, I encourage you to give to the Salvation Army. The reason we don't necessarily want you to give here is because it's a distraction. We're not here for your money. We want you to know Jesus Christ. We want you to find joy in him. Thanks for coming this morning. We are going to have a blast. You're going to be glad you came. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be uh, poignant. Uh, so thanks for being here. Just pass the plate as it comes by. And uh, for Carpenter's Way family, uh, this is what we do, you know, to, put, to support our missionaries and our church and all that stuff. So do what we do and uh, let me pray for us. And then uh, we'll turn it over to Alicia and we'll start our family Christmas service. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for you. Thank you for coming as a baby. And I pray that as a result of the next hour, we will understand a little bit more why you came. I, I, think, I think maybe we're a little bit off point on that, and I pray you'd help us to grasp that this morning. Thank you for the children and the adults that are going to be involved in this service. Thank you for those that are in this room and those that are watching by way of Internet. I pray that you would bless them. Uh, I pray that, uh, Lord Jesus, we would meet you, those who don't know you, and we would be reminded of you, those who do, and as a result of that, we would find peace on earth. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Alicia Bonnet is somewhere in the house, right? There she is. <laughs> if you don't know, Alicia runs our children's ministry. So, uh, Alicia. Well, good morning. We are excited to have our children sing uh, and just remind us of the true meaning of the season. And, um, of course, shake a little jingle bells along in there uh, as they're singing. Our, our, the first group of kiddos that's going to sing is our three- and four-year-old children that um, Lauren uh, Hester is our Mother's Day Out director. Um, and she's also directing the music for them this morning. So my three and four-year-old friends, if you would stand and follow Miss Lauren up on the stage. After they sing, then our kindergarten through fifth graders will sing um, a few songs for you. And after each group is done, then parents just be waving and because they'll come to be seated with you. Our nursery staff, they've been practicing on Sunday mornings, 
So we are so thankful for that time that our nursery staff is put into that. Ms. Elizabeth and Ms. Audrey have been helping. Ms. Lauren? You are welcome to take pictures, video. This is the living room. Just make yourself at home. Hey, 
Okay, mamas and daddies, if you can wave to your kiddos. Thank you for sharing your children with us. We love working with them on Sundays and Wednesdays. These are our older children, kindergarten through fifth grade combined. Miss Karen Greer has been directing this music. She's been teaching in our GPS, which is our children's church ministry, and is also the music teacher at St. Cyprian's, and so she's been teaching our kiddos these songs.
came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wife then heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is going to change the world.
sure, but Tom Wilson is expecting us. I mean, honey, it is Christmas Eve. We could always come up with an excuse for not showing up. I could get sick or, you know, you have a perfect excuse. No, no excuses. Tom Wilson has been so kind, and I really kind of want to meet him. I want to tell him thank you. I'm sure he knows how thankful we are. He does, but I feel this need to meet him, talk to him, let him know how it all turned out. Aren't you a little uncomfortable going into this man's home at Christmas time? I mean, he's praying for you. Who does that? And why would he tell you? I'm afraid he's going to try to convince you to become a Christian or whatever it is you call these people. Christian works. And no, I don't think he'll come on too strong. At least he has them in his emails. But, honey, will you come up with an excuse to leave in case it gets awkward? Okay. I got your back. Let's go. We got a lot of miles to cover for tomorrow. Not long. Wouldn't be Christmas without Gramps telling the Christmas story and having hot chocolate and brownies. Mmm. Now, take them out as soon as the time redeems. Yes, ma'am. Oh, and be careful. Don't burn yourself. Okay, Aunt Mandy. Dad, are you sure about this? No, of course not. But I am sure it's what God wants us to do. You don't have to be here if you don't want. Right. And what possible excuse will I tell Amy and my own children as to why we're not spending Christmas Eve in our own home? Especially when the rest of the family is here. I just don't want to spend our family time with a complete stranger, especially that woman. Amanda, you know it wasn't her fault. Abby was gone with or without the transplant. In my hand? I know that, but my heart still hurts. I miss my sister, and that woman has a part of her. Abby should be here, not her. If she had died, it wouldn't have brought Abby back. I know that. But why did you have to invite her here? This is just going to stir everything up again. And Amy was actually looking forward to Christmas this year. Maybe so. But you have to remember, Abby was my baby girl. I miss her too. A father should never have to bury his own child. But sweetheart, I can't help but feel this sense of urgency. A sense that God brought him back here for a reason. Here they are now. Are you going to let Amy meet them? Let's play it by ear. Come in. It's cold out there. Let me take your coach. My, what a lovely home you have, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. And call me Tom. This is my husband, Michael. And I'm Melanie. <laughs> this is my daughter, Amanda. The rest of the family's in the game room. We're going to have refreshments later and read the Christmas story. Y'all are welcome to join us. We won't be staying long. Why are you here anyway? Amanda, 
Well, Mr. Wit Tom, I got your email and something you said had me really curious, which is why I answered in the first place. I wanted to meet you and find out what really happened. And whenever you invited us here tonight, I felt like we just had to come. Do you live around here? I mean, I thought you were from up north. We are, but Melanie's grandmother lives across the state line. Two years ago, we were on our way to visit her when she got sick. Last year, she was still recovering and couldn't travel. We still have about three more hours to go. I understand. Um, I wanted to know more about Abby. I felt kind of funny since it all happened. Funny? How? Well, I'm more interested in spiritual things, I guess. I mean, I guess who wouldn't be? I would have lost my life. If my sister hadn't died and given you her heart? She didn't give it to Melanie. The registry did. Michael, it's okay. Amanda, I fought with that myself. I've relived that night over and over. I was so sick and the weather was so bad. Michael had to take me to a hospital here because we couldn't go any farther. And they said even if I was at the top of the list, there were no flights coming in or out because of the storm. I was in the waiting room when I heard about your sister's tragic accident. They said even though Abby was a donor, they couldn't get any of the organs out because of the storm. So that's how you happened to be here that night. I always wondered. I spoke up. I told them my wife was dying right under their noses. Next thing I knew, I had a new heart and a very long recovery. God had it all planned. You have my mommy's heart? Hey, you sweetie, come here. Um, Are no. you Ab Abby's little girl, the one who survived? Yes, this is Abby's daughter, Amy. My mommy died two years ago on Christmas Eve. She was in a car accident. My daddy and brothers and my sister died. But not you. I wanted to. Amy. Don't say that. Well, it's true. You keep telling me God has a special plan for me. But I really miss my mommy. I don't understand why she can't be here with me. Why God needed her with him. Or why I didn't get to go too. I can tell your aunt takes really good care of you. I'm sure she loves you very much. She does. I love her too, but she's not my mom. I didn't even get to say goodbye. Amy, a million times I thought I would have been the, rather been the one who died, but none of us had a choice. But you have her heart. She needed her heart to live. Honey, if I could have given your mom her heart back so she could be here with you, I would have. But she was already gone before anyone knew about me. I want y'all to know that I've struggled with this this entire time. Why her? Why me? I mean, did I even have a choice? Your only choice was whether to accept the gift and live or reject it and die. And you chose to live, just like Jesus teaches us about himself. How's that? Well, Jesus gave his life so we could live. But he didn't force us to take the gift. It's just there. If you don't pick it up and take it, it doesn't do anyone any good. Uh, can I ask you a question? Of course. Does Jesus still live in my mommy's heart? Um, I don't know what you mean. Mommy said when she was my age, she asked Jesus to come and live in her heart. So, is Jesus still in her heart? Amy, I don't think that Melanie knows how to answer that, but 
Why do you ask? Because she said that once he's in your heart, he'll always be there. Amy, I don't know, but I know that having your mom's heart makes me think more about heaven and faith, and I've been given a second chance, so I don't want to waste it. If you think he could still be in her heart, I need to try to find him, somehow. Mel, we need to get going. It's getting late. Are you going to tell Mr. Wilson your news? News? One of the reasons I really wanted to meet you, I was so sick for so long, and once I got on the transplant list, it was hard to think about the future or have any hope, and I only kept getting worse. But once I got the transplant, I got better so quickly. The doctor said it was a miraculous recovery, if you believe in that sort of stuff. Oh, we do. After everyone said it was impossible and it would never happen, I'm expecting a baby. A baby? It's miraculous. No matter what the circumstances, but this is really special. Did you know Abby was a nurse? She knew all about life and death and all the miraculous things in between. She would be so pleased to know that her heart's beating strong in your, in your body and now a new life is coming into the world. Um, I brought Amy a gift, if that's okay. Um, I guess. Here you go. Open it. It's a heart. It's a picture of my mommy. Where did you get that? Facebook. I guess you never closed your account. Amy, I know your mom wishes she was here with you, but she left you with people that love you very much. Your aunt and grandpa and the rest of your family will teach you everything you need to know. I know you miss her though, so I wanted to get you something to remind you of her and her gift of life. Thank you. It's so pretty. That was very thoughtful of you. Melanie, can I ask you one more thing? Of course. Does Jesus, um, will you let me know when your new baby is born? I'll be praying for you. Maybe by then Jesus will be in your heart. I promise I'll let you know. And I'd be honored if you'd pray for me, for all of us. Can I give you a hug? Please. Does it sound the same? Yes. I prayed just last night that I could have given my mommy one last hug. I'd love to hear her heartbeat. Thank you. Thank you all very much, but we need to get going. You've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure Abby was quite a special person because all of you are. We'll never forget her, and I'll do my best to take care of her gift. I'm glad that you came. You know, seeing you makes me feel like there was a purpose. Don't get me wrong, I miss my sister, but no matter how sad or crazy life is, God is still in control. May not always be the way I like it, but Meeting you brings me a new hope. I wish I felt that way, but at least I know where to start now. Thank you, all of you. Be safe. Thank you, we will. Good night. The brownies are ready. Well, let's get this show on the road.
Kind of intense, huh? Um, you know, the thing about Christmas is that uh, even with the season, real life still takes place, doesn't it? If you don't have enough money, Christmas doesn't take that problem away. If there's health issues, it doesn't take that problem away. You might forget about it for a little while, but the reality is that life still goes on. I like, uh, there was a line in this uh, play that made me think this week as I was thinking about what to share with you in the few minutes that I have. Uh, it is when Amy asked Melanie if Jesus was still in her heart. It struck me that sometimes in the church, we have a tendency to throw out words and phrases that may mean something to us, but don't mean anything to the world. They don't mean anything to the lost. I, I don't know what that means. Uh, that, that phrase is something that probably most of you growing up in the South have heard. If you ask Jesus into your heart, he'll come live in you. I remember uh, studying and hearing that when surgery became a normal practice to repair parts of the heart, there were certain groups in Christendom that wouldn't let their hearts be open for fear that Jesus would come out. Kind of crazy, huh? Flat earth people, we'll call them. The truth is the scripture does talk about Jesus coming into your heart, but in in the context of Scripture, you understand what that means is he comes to the deepest place, the place where decisions are made. And if you're one of his family, one of his followers, that he becomes an integral part of everything in your life. It isn't just that saying, though, that's kind of become a problem at this time of the year. It's the things that we say to people, Merry Christmas, without thought of how Christmas becomes merry to people who don't have enough money or food or are sick. We, we give cards out. We've been talking about this the past few weeks that often say things that may be theologically accurate, but we don't offer the real hope that this season has. There's a lot of confusing stuff we say and we do as Christians that, frankly, we don't think a lot about. In Matthew 1, this is what the angel said to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's that last line on the screen that I want you to fixate on for just a moment in time before we sing a few songs. The angel told Joseph that what people would say about Jesus Christ, how they would refer to him, certainly his name was Jesus, which in Hebrew means salvation, 
Look, salvation is over there. Hey, Mary, can your son's salvation come out to play? That's what we think about all the time. But the angel wanted Joseph to understand that Jesus' birth would bring upon an identity that would be important, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I want to be clear as I can. Easter is about salvation. Christmas is not, no matter what you hear. Certainly, it leads to the gospel, but there is something that Christmas brings out that is even more important for us today, and that is to understand that God, through Jesus, didn't just float down from heaven, offer some sort of merciful grace, and then float back up, and and anybody who responds religiously to it gets saved. It means that God himself came, Emmanuel, became part of uh, humanity, lived among us for 33 years, and scripture actually says in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that he is sympathetic in that he understands everything we feel. Every fear you've got, every concern, every joy. Jesus Christ isn't just a compassionate high priest. He's an empathetic high priest. In other words, he didn't just understand that life is hard. He felt the hardness. He grew up an immigrant in a foreign land in Egypt. Why? Because his own people wanted to kill him. He had family members and best friends die. And it tells us in scripture that he mourned over their death, even though he was God. Remember the story of John the Baptist and Lazarus? He understood what it was like to have an inner circle and one of those people turn him in to be killed. You ever had one of those in your life? Or maybe you're here this morning and you're alone. You can't figure out why you can't get a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or wife. The book of Isaiah said he was a man who had no offspring. Are you childless? It tells us that he lived alone. Are you poor? The book of Isaiah tells us he was a man that had nowhere to rest his head. Does your family think you're crazy? So did Jesus's. His brothers mocked him on the Passover one day and dared him to go prove that he was who he claimed to be. There is no experience, no temptation that you face that he didn't face. For 40 days and nights, he spent time in the wilderness while Satan himself tempted him. He was tempted. Christmas or Easter is coming. But I want you to understand that in all the children's songs, in all the Merry Christmases, in all the Bing Crosby crooning, in all the black and white movies, when the movie is over and your heart still hurts, Jesus Christ gets it. And it tells us that right now he is physically sitting at the right hand of the Father, talking to the Father on your behalf, telling him how hard life really is down here, because he gets it. And he's telling his dad to tell the Holy Spirit who lives within you how to help you make it. You see, it's, as we've been saying, not peace on earth. That's not what the angel said. The angel said, peace on earth upon whom God's favor rests. If you want to experience what Christmas is really about, beyond the presents, beyond the songs, beyond the brownies, then you need to meet Jesus Christ. One more thing about him. In my study in 33 years of all the religions of the world, Jesus Christ is the only God who ever cared enough to chase you. In every religion of the world, it's got you trying to chase him, trying to be good enough, religious enough, 
Even, even brands of Christianity try to get you to better yourself. Jesus Christ was sent by his Father who loved you. Look at Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. Death to a marriage, death to life, death to hope. But the free gift of God, the Father, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Life. Eternal life. Not life after death, but eternal life that starts now. That's where hope begins. Not only does Jehovah God of the Bible and his son Jesus, not only are the only, they the only ones and only religion in the world who comes chasing you, but it's worse than that. If you do a study of every religion in the world, including Christian cults, he's the only God who wants to. He's the only one who wants to. You see, no matter what your angry preacher said, God's not mad at you for being a sinner. He's mad about you. And he sent his only begotten son to offer you life and hope and joy when this life doesn't offer any of those things. This Christmas, we encourage you to accept, even if you are offered no other gifts, the one gift that brings peace. And that is the gift of God which offers eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be here this morning going, well, how do I do that? Let me tell you, it ain't by joining a church or by joining a cult or by taking communion or being baptized. Romans chapter 10 tells us that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So this season, I encourage you not to drink away the pain, not to try to party the pain away. Run to God. Run to God. Tell him what your need is. The irony of the story is he's already run to you. That's Christmas. John 3, 16, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. It's 17 we don't talk enough about. For God the Father sent his son into the world to seek and save that which is lost. You don't have to look too far because he's already been seeking you. Hope, my friends, is found in the gift of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Christmas. Actually, Lord, we thank you for Christ. And I pray that those who are here in this room and those watching on the internet would not be satisfied for, uh, with a romantic season that will end on the 26th of December, but would accept the gift that has already been given of eternal life, Jesus Christ. I pray that their lives would be changed and hope would be found and as a result, they would experience peace on earth that the angel talked about. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to sing a few Christmas carols. We invite you guys to sing along with us. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. 
guys have a great week. Uh, we hope to see you back next uh, Christmas Eve, 11:15, right here. And uh, we'll uh, have some free games on Christmas Day. And uh, you guys have a good day. the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy mild god and sinners reconcile joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts is born in Bethlehem with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem mild he lays his glory by born 
Dear 
Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and Christ was born. 